You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Usually I like to uh, have my confession of faith when I'm going to preach, but I felt on this Vision Sunday, we're just going to read the Word. We're going to get the Word out there. We'll do some confessions of faith later. But I have this epiphany, Vision Sundays really important to me and it always has been. I remember when I first came to this church 16 years ago, it's just a young, I don't want to give my age away, even though you can see the gray in my beard, and yes, Paul, the beard is coming back. I got full permission, half permission. I took the other half, but we got to be emerge ready. For your emerge lion heart, you got to have a mane for that one. But listen, 16 years ago, just a young kid, and my vision for my life mostly was downtown. Mostly was about the business world, mostly about making money, mostly about making a name for myself. And then God radically got a hold of my life in this house. Radically gave me a vision for my life. Did some radical things, and he's never stopped getting radical over 16 years. Matter of fact, they just get more radical. Every time I think, man, how is next year going to get more radical? Every year. And every year I'm pumped. Probably since September for Vision Sunday. So I've been chomping at the bit. And I saw a lot of hands go up. I'm glad that you're here. Survey came out, says there's three reasons why believers, or not believers, just three reasons why anybody would people come to church. Number one is they were invited by somebody they were in relationship with. So someone either had influence or relationship, they were invited. Number two, they're in a crisis. Or number three, they have a spiritual hunger. A spiritual hunger, and they're hungry for those things. What's amazing was... I was invited here due to an invitation. Someone told me I'd heard the best message of my whole life, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, oh. But I waited till I was in a crisis. And then when I came, I remember I was crying like daddy's little girl. Every Sunday. And I was offended almost every Sunday. But I kept coming back because it was the first time I spiritually was fed and I got hungry. And I got it. I can sustain off that type of food. We're not going to take this card lightly today. And lucky for you, it's actually gotten a lot better looking. Back in the early days, man, they were ugly. And you know what I love about my wife? She'd let me put ugly cards as wallpaper because I had about 50 of them. I had a lot of names. I write three names down every year. And I wouldn't stop with three. One time I had 22 vision cards up on my wall with names on it. There were 66 names up there that I was looking at. Just going, I'm believing. I'm believing for my friends. I want them to feed off what I'm feeding. I don't want to leave them behind because I ain't slowing down where I'm going. But I'm believing that my best friends that I love, that I want to see eternity on their lives, I want to see them written down on this card, but one day written down in the only book that matters. 
And I would look at those vision cards. I would turn one out, and I'd all, all the rest of them around that wallpaper. I'd walk in there and lay hands on I'd prophesy yes and amen. And I have a box full of vision cards, a box full of names that have been checked off, a box full of friends that I get to do life with now, a box full of people that I care about that are sitting in my church now that I never thought I'd be up here doing it. That's a vision, and it can start on your very first vision Sunday. I have a friend on there that's his name's been on my list for three years. He's maybe even here at this service, but I don't care. God gave me his name, highlighted him, and I'm going to go after it. And we're going to do life together. And it's worth it. This card matters today. But I'm going to read a verse because we need to have a little understanding of why this service matters so much. Why we're going to push on some things and we got to let the Holy Spirit give us a heart to receive it. Ears to hear it. Whether you were moved to tears or from pain of like, man, I don't know what my vision is, or tears of joy, I know what my vision is. You're here for a reason. There's people that are watching home, and it can be just as powerful. I know a guy in this church is literally watching Pastor Leanne preach, and the Holy Spirit smacked him upside the head in his living room. He got breakthrough, got freedom. His whole life is different from one word moved from L.A. down to here. Based on one thing he heard while watching it. So whether you're watching or you're here live, let God stir some stuff up. And then afterwards, when we come down, if you need to write it down, jot it down, I'm going to have my ministry team come up here, and they're going to pray for you. They're just going to put a yes and an amen to your vision. If you don't have a vision, we got to get you over the line to one. Come back on Wednesday. Bring that card back. Maybe go home and watch the service again. Write out your card. Do it however many times you need to do it. Don't just set that card down and give up. But this morning when I woke up, this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Even if you don't have a plan for yourself, there's the author and the finisher that has a plan for you. Plans to prosper you. You should like that word. That's Bible. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope when maybe you've lost yours and a future. Let me read it again. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Listen, that's our creator telling you that it's now up to you. He gives you free will. If you decide you don't have plans, if you decide you don't have a future, that's 100% on you. Don't blame God. That's 100% on you. Don't blame the devil. But there is a devil that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Some of you have had a God calling on your life a long time. I think we need to turn these monitors off again. They're echoing. They like that. And I'm not going to let, I refuse to let the enemy take any of us out. 
I'm going to read one more verse, and then we're going to get into this message. It's right out of the first book, and if we're all doing the uh, Awaken Bible together, the one-year Bible reading, I just found out we're sold out, but you can get online, go to our website, you can watch the videos with our pastors, with myself, my wife, we're pretty much doing daily devotions. We're on day two. So even if you stuffed it up on day one, you could start over. I made a goal, and guess what? I already had some sugar. I rebuked it, and I'm starting over. And I felt like God said, I'm giving you a mulligan. So I took that mulligan, and I'm holding fast now. Don't try to tempt your pastor with anything, sugar-wise. But let me read this. Genesis 1, 24. But I'm going to skip to 26. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all of the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created Male and female created them, and God blessed them. And he said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. He goes on to keep saying what he's done for us. He made you and me in his image. I'm not even preaching yet, people. I just need you to pick up what I'm putting down. He first of all, Jeremiah said, hey, I got some plans for you. I created you in my image. I need you to pick yourself up and stop believing the things that maybe you've believed, where the devil tripped you up and took you out of your purpose. I need you to pick yourself up because I put an anointing on your life. I put a calling on your life. I put gifts and skills that the devil would love to take you out of. Our job as a church is to disciple you into those gifts. Do we get it right all the time? No. But we're going to give it our best shot. We're just trying to work this thing out too. But every one of you are created in the image and likeness of God. There's a calling on your life. There's plans for your life. There's hope for your life. There's things in your life that we need to quit letting the devil distract us, taking us out, feeling sorry if we get sucked to the hook of the victim mentality. The devil's out there every day throwing a lure, trying to get us hooked so he can catch us and get us off purpose. But there's a God that loves every single one of you because he was created. He did the finest creation. The only time in Genesis he said, that is very good. Right there. He said, that is my greatest creation. Now go take dominion. The plans I give you, go execute those plans. We're called to be the light of the world. Whether you came here due to an invitation, due to crisis, or because you're spiritually hungry, keep coming back to get more of that spiritual hunger, that spiritual food. I'm going to end on this, Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to hope 
that we profess, which means we got to start speaking hope. We got to start speaking life. For he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Our creator God who created us in his image, who promised some things over our life, he is faithful. Now as a church, we're going to shove it to the devil in 2022. Every one of us are going to get some of that mojo back, get some of that vision, throw it on the wall. Doesn't matter where you start, it's a seed. You'll never reap a harvest unless you lay down a seed. Lay down the seed. I just envision, you know, I grew up, my dad, I'd see my dad out early sometimes over our nasty lawn doing this thing. I'd see a little seeds going out. Wouldn't you know, now he's like a sprout farmer. I don't even know what he's doing. But he had to get up and lay down some seeds, believing there would be a harvest. You're here today to lay down a vision for your life. Starts, I don't care where it starts. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how radical it is. Start planting the seeds today. That's what this is. Some will sink in, some won't. Doesn't matter. Your job is to lay down the seed. You want to be fruitful? Start with some seed. Vision Sunday, this is your seed. If you feel defeated, lost your hope, well, guess what? There's plans for some hope. I just want you to open up your arms. I'm going to pray. Lift up your hands. I'm going to pray right now. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you that everyone under the sound of my voice, I break every ceiling. I break every stronghold. I break every lie from the enemy that has took some of my friends out. I thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to your kids today. Lord, that you're igniting some truth today. Lord, that you're bringing back some life today. Lord, that we choose to speak life. We choose to hold on to some plans. We choose to get off the sideline and back engaged in what you've called us to be engaged with. God, I thank you, Lord, you're expanding territory. You're healing hearts. You're healing disappointment. You're healing mindsets, marriages, relationships. Everything that's been stolen will be restored. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. Come on. All right, you guys can all be seated. Worship team, you guys are amazing. Can you believe they are volunteers that just got up early just to get out here and rip it? It's on my vision card. Come on. Ten drum kits. And they all just start going nuts. Like, Tool calls up and say, how do I get on your worship team? They're like, man, you got to try out. Just because you got it in the secular world doesn't mean you got it in this world. This is kingdom, baby. Travis Barker, who? What? Oh, you think I'm kidding? Okay. I saw you laugh. So on my vision card, ask my wife how many of my visions come past. A lot. I take this serious. Travis Barker will be saved. Ripping one in church on a kit. And we're all going to be like, whoa. He's going to get slain in the spirit. Totally healed, set free. It's going to be radical. I'm the only one that can see that? Unbelievable. We got some of the best drummers in this church. 
Joel Piper ripping it. All these guys. Josh Ladwig over there ripping it. I should have had him do a drum solo. I'm the only one. That's the problem. That's the problem. Christians, they just get a little weak. They start listening to Michael W. Smith. No offense. But then we're like, oh, oh. And the devil comes in just spanking, whapping you around. Like you don't know how to hit. That's why. That's why you need some serious music. I, the tiger, had to be a worship song at one point. (laughs) I'm telling you. I love it. That's why when Rattle came out, I was like, oh, I could play this. And then Joel Piper took Rattle and then put like some heavy spin to it. Because he was a total, what do you call it? Like a punk band? What was it called? Metal band? He was a full metal band, got radically saved. Now he's writing worship songs. And I I said, bro, you know I like EDM. Can you put me to a beat, that worship song? He goes, no problem. Sends it to me. I'm like, I'm going to the gym right now. I mean, you can't tell, but you will. Spiritually, I'm there. Physically, give me about... 12 weeks. I put on this shirt today. I was looking, I was, I walked out. My wife's like, it's too tight. I'm like, I'm not defeated though. You know, I woke up and I was like, it's vision Sunday. And then my three-year-old came in, dad, I got to poop. I was like, I'm in the middle of message prep. Mom said, change my diaper. Get a vision for your own life. Change it yourself. That's why you need to be potty trained. You're three years old and a month. Get a vision for your life. Start with wiping. So I'm in the middle of a diaper, 20 wet wet wipes deep. That's a lot for you non-parents. Three can be like standard. 20's a lot. That's how big it was. I'm like, Lord, I'm preaching on vision Sunday. I'm down here wiping some kid's booty. And he goes, well, sometimes there's a mess you got to clean up. But don't keep your eyes off the vision. That's a word for somebody. That's not in my notes, people. Someone needs to hear that. Doesn't matter how much poop you're in, keep your eyes on Jesus, okay? He was still talking to me as I was wiping. I was like getting a poopy diaper wipe lesson by the Holy Spirit. It was like an oxymoron. I was like, Lord, what's going on? He goes, just clean up your mess, stay focused. I was like, that's definitely a word. Some of you get sidetracked by the poop in your life. Why you get, I don't care, three wipes, 20 wipes, don't get sidetracked. Just keep wiping, keep getting up, and keep getting focused. Thank you. At least somebody's picking it up. I know. You must have wiped a lot of booties. I get it. And you're still on track. That's what I'm saying. But babe, get this kid potty trained. The other two were easy. What's this one's problem? He's your baby. You want to keep him there. Then you change the diaper. Dear Lord. Well, listen, I love, I love reading about things that inspire me. See, some people will turn on the television. I mean the television. And it starts telling a vision for your life. Got to cut that off and start reading things that inspire you. I watch videos. You ask my wife. She'll walk in. She'll be like, oh, gosh. I'll be crying. This is amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing the things that human beings get to do. I mean, documentaries that are amazing, people's stories that are amazing. But yet, what do we put in our visual cue? And if you're not putting things that inspire you, you will get jaded. You will get calloused. You will get, I could tell. Sometimes you got to remind your face to smile. 
You just look at yourself. It's like whatever that RB thing is, they say. You know, don't be that. Whatever that is. Like, just put a smile on your face. Let people wonder what you're on. In 1853, I love this guy, but in New York City, the world, uh, America hosted the first world fair, meaning all these people bring in their inventions. So bring all their inventions and everything, and this guy showed up, and his name was Elisha Otis. I mean, you already got a name like Elisha, you know, it's starting off pretty good. But this guy showed up, and he pulled off one of the most remarkable stunts ever seen. He was trying to sell some product. He had a vision but nobody else was picking up what he was putting down, and no one wanted to buy what he was selling because no one could see what he saw. But God gave him a vision, and everybody else mocked him. Think about Noah. 75 years that cat was out there, chopping wood, putting together. God didn't speak to anybody else, but he gave Noah a vision. He enrolled his family, probably found some other people put this thing together 75 years, then he had to get stuck on it. And then he finally got to land. The first thing he did was he got hammered. And God didn't judge him. He judged a poor kid of his that pointed it out. Why are you guys all looking at me? That poor guy, think about it. If you spent 75 years dealing with people's nonsense about his vision, then got stuck. I mean, we got stuck in a car from Yuma with the dog that smelled. That was horrific. Could you imagine the ark? He got off and he said, Lord, give me some wine. Don't be so religious, okay? He's like, he had a day. I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying, like, cut the, give the guy some grace. He was the only boat floating, but he made it. But I'm thinking about this guy, Otis. And so what he did was he showed up at this... This pretty much the, the number one convention center in the world. Everybody was watching him. He was up on a platform, and he was trying to sell elevators, but no one trusted him, like right? safety. So he developed an elevator break. So there was an ax man down below him about 50 feet, and he said, cut the rope. This ax man, boom, hit the rope. Cut the rope. The guy started to fall. The brake grabbed. He said, hey, everybody, it's all good. And the place went nuts. Listen, this guy had a vision, but then he put himself up in his vision because he believed in it so much, and he cut the rope. How many of you have had a vision, but you're afraid to cut the rope? This guy cut the rope. You might think, oh, that's good for him. See, this, this elevator fell just a couple dozen feet, and he said, all is good, all is safe. And that one act of courage because of a vision and him cutting the rope, he stepped into some things that no one ever saw possible. See, being around church, getting spiritually fed in church, started to build up a faith muscle I never knew, but I learned a lot in 2020 and 2021. I decided I only want to be around people that are willing to cut the rope. If I'm going to do life with people, I want the spiritually hungry to come to this house. I want the people that are willing to cut the rope because guess what? We're getting in a type of world right now 
where you're going to put your faith in something. And I want to be on the same boat in the same storm with people that are hungry for what God's trying to do for a nation, for a country, for the state of California. It's not for everybody, but I want people that have the cut the rope, let's do it. I don't want to check the box Sunday anymore. Like what game's on? Oh, nothing good. I'll go to church. Nah. Oh, there's a soccer game? Oh, no. See, what I realized in 2021 is, you know what's not safe? Playing it safe. Playing it safe is no longer safe. It actually gets us numb. It gets us not trusting what God created us to do, and that was do radical things. He created us to take dominion. And yet I've met so many Christians that are no longer taking dominion in their life. They're getting pushed around. And there is a bully. Playing it safe is no longer an option. And it will come to a place where we need to pray for our pastors in America, especially in California, that they wake up. That they quit playing it safe. Wondering if, oh, are my givers going to leave? Or is this going to leave? I don't want to offend anybody. No, what is God saying? There's fear of man and fear of the Lord. I want the righteous to step up and have some fear of the Lord. I mean, seek wisdom. I'm not saying cut the rope on blind faith. But you know there's some of us that God's been trying to speak to us about a vision for our life, and we won't cut the rope. We won't pop the clutch. See, the only way to walk on water is keep our eyes on Jesus and get out of the boat. If we get comfortable, we stay in the boat. But what God's saying to you this morning, what's some stuff he's pushing on right now? And what happens is the loudest voice wins, so the devil will start yelling. The devil started going, no, 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 no. Don't be listening to that dude in a red jacket. <laughs> Listen, what I love about this Elisha Otis, this is what happens. No building at the time was higher than five stories because nobody wanted to walk the stairs. Wow. But listen to this. In 1854, one year later, he installed his first elevator in a building on Broadway. And by, 19, uh, by 1890, there were 10 buildings taller than 10 stories because of him. Wow. By 1900, there were 65 buildings taller than 20 stories because of one man's vision. Incredible. By 1908, there were 538 buildings in New York City that qualified as skyscrapers because of one man's vision. You've got to understand, there are more than taller buildings. People on higher floors wanted to live on them because it gave them greater vision to see. There was a demand now. People wanted to be up, seeing things they never saw before, views they never saw before because of one man's vision. See, this one man turned the world upside down. He just didn't invent an elevator and a safety brake. He made modern skyscrapers possible. What's radical to think about it Right now in New York City, there's over 58,000 elevators due to one man's vision in one city. But get this, according to the Otis Elevator Company on their website, it says equivalent of the world's population rides on their products every three days from one man's vision. 
Some of you know, big or small. I'm not trying to compare anything. I'm just saying, what are you willing to cut the rope on? Where are we going to start today, this Sunday, this second day of a new year, 2022? What has God got in store for you? What are you believing for? Maybe it's just the act of believing again. Maybe it's just getting healed up where the devil took you off track and he set you back up today and he's dusting you off today and he's healing you today so you can get that vision tomorrow. Keep coming back till you get a vision. Keep getting into this right here. This right here. Somebody's voice we're listening to. See, we're dealing with the world. We're dealing with our upbringing. Let's call it programming. And you're dealing with the devil. You got three things you're operating against, but we got one word that's more powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, the greatest tool you could ever be given, but we are letting it collect dust and we're getting taken out or distracted and we're not in it. The greatest tool we can do is get in this bad boy. Let the Holy Spirit start talking to you. Let things start healing on you. Get back to what you were called to do. You know what I love about this whole thing is so many of us have unborn tomorrows because we're unwilling to lean into the vision God's trying to say. See, it can be scary to cut that rope. We don't know. You might even be afraid of heights. But God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Give you a sound mind. Give you a promise. It's called us to be bold and courageous. It's called us to step out even when we don't feel like stepping out. That's why I love coming around. You know why we do men's prayer? You're like, oh, I'm so glad when you come to men's prayer. Listen, I come for me. I'm coming in to stay sharp. I'm coming in so someone can have a word for me. I'm coming in because what is God saying to me? That's why I come to men's prayer. We don't put on men's prayer like it's a show. That's so men can come and get sharp and stay into their vision. What happens is... It was amazing. I always come up with this one word kind of thing. My family and I do it. And my word last year was seek first. And I preached on Matthew 6, as much as I could seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. It was a big added unto me year. So I was praying all week, all last week, everything. God, what's my word? What's my word? God's like, why would you want to change that word? I'm like, oh man, I didn't think about it. I thought I had to change every year. You really want to change seek first? I'm like, no, I don't. Maybe I'll add on a bonus word. It was such a radical 2021 because I was seeking first. But what's amazing is I had to keep looking up because I'd get so distracted down. I'd look up, I'd be three degrees off, five degrees off. Oh, yeah, seek first. Seek first. You know why God was saying to keep on seek first? Because I haven't let that be my default yet. I don't wake up and seek first. I have to train my mind to seek first. Seek first my, his kingdom and his righteousness, the right way of doing things. So what happens is that's not my default. That's why I know God isn't letting me off on that word yet. It's like, that's not your default. You keep looking up and then going, oh, there's, there's true north. Oh, oh there's true north. Because I'm just getting off onto my tendencies because I haven't rewired my programming yet. Some of us are just taking ourselves out, but we're blaming God. Some of us have been hurt. Some of us had an upset. We're all human beings trying to work this thing out. 
We've got to learn to have some grace. Know the enemy's trying to take out, build your tribe, do it the right way. Get the people that believe around us. Get your core values lined up with other people with the right core values. People ask me all the time, I mean, how are you doing this? I seek first. His kingdom is Jesus. My vision card last year was seek first. Jesus helped me. Here's all the things I want to accomplish, but I'm going to seek you first. A lot of those things were in alignment, but there's some that weren't, so I let them go. Even though I thought it was a good idea, it wasn't a God idea. So flying by two engines, I had to get strategic and intentional. So based on my strategy, what am I going to be intentional about? I just realized God's going to give me the vision. He's going to give me the strategy. Now I need to set all my intentionality towards those things. Fix my eyes on what he's telling me to fix my eyes on. Not my idea. What is God trying to say? I had to stop thinking about a work ethic and think about a life ethic. That's great. Seek first. Build my life around it. I didn't have a day job and then a church job and then a, a husband job. and that, No, I have a life ethic. Yeah. And when I seek his kingdom first, yeah. it's going to build my life. And all these things shall be added unto me because I have a life ethic, not a work ethic. But I was trained, hey, by my dad, who I loved to death, no bad intentions. He did the best that he knew to do. Hey, you got to have a solid work ethic. You got to have a solid. No, no, I need a life ethic. Yeah. What am I focused on? I want other people to be focused on the things. Kingdom. Right. Seek first the kingdom. If they seek third, fourth, fifth, that's cool. I love them. I'm going to see them around, so I'm going to high five. But I want seek first people in my inner tribe. And if I'm surrounded by seek first kingdom people, guess what? We're on the same mission. Friends of a feather flock together, guess what? We're going to do some radical things. One step flight to 1,000, two step flight to 10,000. I wouldn't be around the two that are seeking the kingdom. Says one ox can pull this much, two oxes, what? I don't need to call Grant Cardone and figure out how to 10 exit. I just need a two ox it. So in 2022, believe what God says. Why can't I just believe what the good book says? I watch Pastor Yergin, what's he do? He just believes what the good book says. And I watch him be blessed. Why shouldn't I just do? That's called discipleship. Oh, I see the fruit of his life. I want that. What's, hey, what do you do? I read the Bible. Oh, really? you believe all that? I believe all of it. Well, I'm going to start believing all that. Right. Man, but there's a devil in my ear telling me not to. Sure. It's amazing. Why don't I just believe what God says? See, know what you decide gives life meaning. Once you believe something, that whatever you believe will give life meaning. If you believe you're not supposed to go to church, blah, 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 you'll start like finding ways not to go to church. Yep. Devil will take you out. Yep. Who's around you matters. I want you to, I'm going to read this verse to you, Isaiah 41.10. Because I just heard this from a couple of my friends, very successful. They said this, I can't come to church or follow Jesus because I keep letting God down. And I looked right at him and I said, that just tells me how much you don't know God. And I'm going to read this verse because this is what did it for me. Isaiah 41.10. Do not be afraid, afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So how could you let God down if he's holding you up with his victorious right hand? You're not letting God down. There's a devil that's lying to you, and you're just saying amen to a lie. You're not letting God down because he's holding you up with his victorious right hand. 
You just got to stop. You got to tell that devil to back off. Just say, you're a liar. And in 2022, I choose not to believe in the lies. And I'm, every seed that's planted, I'm going to root out right now. It goes on to say in verse 13, for I hold you by your right hand. I, the Lord, your God, and I say to you, do not be afraid. I am here to help you. Amazing how many people in the world are stuck in fear. Oh, we better do this. We better do that. But what are you listening to? Fear has got a grip on their life. What you focus on expands. Either read that dollar bill and it says, in God we trust, or you start trusting scientists and people with an agenda. Who do you trust? What are you listening to? What is 2022 going to look like that's different than last year if you don't change what you're focusing on? Belief comes faith when you take action. Our beliefs are like a root of a tree. If you don't see them, it doesn't matter, but they do empower you or disempower you. How do you know what your roots are? Look at your fruit. Do a fruit check. You don't like the fruit? You've got to change the root. How do you do that? Discipleship. Start serving. It's not a thing. I used to have this thing. I'm like, I, I, didn't, I didn't even like Christians when I grew up. I 100% didn't look like, I didn't like pastors. And now look, God has a sense of humor. I used to be like, oh, they just want your money. Oh, they just want you to serve at church so they don't have to pay anyone. I had all these beliefs. And then guess what? The more I got to church and the more I started serving, the more my life got blessed. I started reading the Bible when it said about sowing and reaping and blessing and cursing and generosity and blessing and enlarging territory. Whoa, my brain can't even take it. Whoa, what's happening to me? Everything in Scripture is a pattern for us to follow. This is why we have to read our Bible. Here it is. Understand the plan. God has a plan for your life. He's already said it in Jeremiah. Understand the plan. Number two, follow the plan. Number three, receive the promise. Understand the plan. You'll only understand it if you're in the Word of God. Follow the plan. Make sure somebody's discipling you to keep you on course. How many know when you have a trainer, you get more out of that workout? Follow the plan. Last one, receive the promise. A lot of Christians have a problem with receiving. I can't even say the word prosperous in church. People get offended. Listen, I only say it because the Bible says it. You know what I'll do? I love this. Psalm 65, 11, you crown the year with your goodness and your past shall drip with abundance. See that last one? Receive the promise. I know a lot of people that love Jesus and are broke, victims, feeling sorry for themselves. I'm like, Lord, just take them to heaven. Lord, just help them. I want them to wake up walking on streets of gold. Or you can read this, you crown the year with your goodness, because we serve a good, good God. And your past shall drip with abundance if you receive the promise. That's up to you. It's like Jesus, it's a free gift. So many people don't even want to open that free gift. 
because of whatever their belief programming is, how they were raised, who they believe, who they listen to. And Jesus is trying to give you eternal life, this free gift. Yet, whatever reason, we don't receive it. Same thing is true when you're already a believer and you don't want to step into his promises. And he has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of promises for his kids. And we're not picking them up because we have a receiving problem. Just let God bless you. Let your past drip with abundance. Go after that dream. This biblical pattern starts in Genesis. He's giving you permission to take dominion. And my question is, are you? You will not be fruitful if you don't plant a seed. I end on this. Jesus wants you to bear much fruit, but what fruit will remain? Fruit that doesn't remain isn't any good. And 2 Corinthians 9 says, it said, but I say to you, he who sows sparingly, we also reap sparingly. And those who sow bountiful will also reap bountiful. Some of you are meant to do radical things so you could be generous people to do incredible things. How do you think we have three orphanages? And they said this year they've seen a shift in the kids. They've never seen joy like they've had because we keep going down every month. We keep blessing them, loving them, discipling them, loving up on them, letting them know there's a church in San Diego that loves those kids. They might not have parents, but there's a family that loves them. We go down and serve them. We bless them. We play with them. They just need someone to play with them. They could show them Christ's love with skin on. You might be the Jesus they ever meet. But we can get so caught up. But how we do that? Because we have a belief, abundance mindset. We're dripping with abundance and we can bless those kids. And we are. Getting them school, showing them things they've never seen before. We just took over an entire village in Peru. And we're going to go down there as soon as we get permit. And we're going to love those kids up. Almost a thousand kids in Peru, we sponsored this one church. Compassion International has never seen anything like it. You know why? Because we're teaching the principles of the Almighty Bible. And when we start to get a vision bigger than ourselves, like that young lady that was praying for her dad, that family, when that dad gets saved, when that dad gets baptized, that family's going to be spiritually led. It's going to change the course and the destiny for that entire family because of one girl's vision to lay down and pray for her dad. Who are we praying for today? A man with faith and vision is Abraham. Abraham left his family, left his country, gave him, God gave him instructions and he immediately obeyed. He had the Matthew 6, 33, seek first. It's credited to him as the father of faith. Listen, there's a pattern for finances, a pattern for prayer, a pattern for family, a pattern for dominion. That's why we're in this Bible together this year. God wants to choose a certain group of people to demonstrate his goodness to them and through them. He's going to choose a person before he chooses a group. Are you that person today? God's plan for you is to be blessed in the earth, to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue it, take dominion. If you're not blessed, you can't bless other people. If you don't have your needs met, you can't meet the needs of others. This Sunday is so important that you come down for prayer. If you're stuck, get prayer. Don't be prideful. 
Don't let your ego take you out. Ego stands for edging God out. Oh, I don't want people to see me walk down. Why not? How bad do you want your breakthrough? Oh, I might be judged. They're judging you anyways. Do you know I was judged when I was broke? Now that I have money, I'm still judged. I can do a lot more with money. So I just stay generous. Take the hate, love them up. No big deal. Be on that side of it. You can't stop people from judging you. I'm going to define self-leadership. I'm going to pray for you. The definition of self-leadership, to increase your capacity to personally grow and develop that empowers you to help others to do the same. If you can lead yourself well, you can lead one other person well. If you can lead one other person well, typically your spouse, you can lead your team. Your team should be your family. If you can lead your team well, then you can lead an organization well. If you can lead an organization well, you can leave a legacy. We are called to leave a legacy. So you got to start with you. Michael Jackson was right. Look at the man in the mirror. Make that change. How you lead yourself is how you will lead your marriage. How you lead your marriage is how you will lead your family. How you lead your family is how you will lead your business. How you do anything is how you do everything. Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Colossians 3.23. Just a few verses later. And whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly. As to the Lord, not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Get a vision. That's Bible. Stand to your feet. Let me pray for you. I've watched this church evolve. I've watched people come in that were broken, in despair, had nothing. They were so broke they couldn't rub two nickels together. And I've watched their life completely turn around. I've watched people have God stories, miracles, radical things that are unexplainable. But with God, all things are possible. We just don't say it. We don't hashtag it. We're like, yeah, no, it's in the Bible. So we proclaim it. We believe it. What you write down on your card, whether it's a lot or a little, it's one card, 20 cards, 50 cards. It doesn't matter. God knows what's in the desire of your heart. Maybe your heart just needs to be healed today. I'm going to open up this altar. But everybody, just in case you got to run out here, lift up your card right now. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. But God, we know all things are possible with you. And if you don't know Christ, that's the most important decision you could ever make in 2022. Matter of fact, you don't want to leave this service without saying, I need Jesus in my heart. That's why we do church. That's why we do Vision Sunday. God's the one that gives you the vision. We're made in his image. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you and me. You can't earn your way into heaven. It's a free gift. And like, like point number three on there, you got to be able to receive that promise. You got to be able to receive that gift. Doesn't matter how good or bad, but Lord, we thank you for those that need your son Jesus today, and all of us do. I thank you that eternity is on the line. I thank you, Lord, that heaven is our home, and we will spend eternity with you. But until that day, we're here on earth. So let us make a difference. Let our light shine bright. I thank you for everybody with the vision card, and even those that are struggling to write one thing down. God, show them. Make yourself 
real to them in this moment. I break every lie from the devil. We renew every mindset right now. I thank you for the greatest friends some of us are going to find in this church. I thank you for spouses that will be found in this church. I thank you for kids that we raise, not only in kids' church, but the kids in kids' church will be preaching on this platform one day. I thank you for revival. I thank you for the greatest worship leaders to come out of this house. I thank you for your word to come out of this house. I thank you for those even watching, Lord, that they get shifted even where they're at. We'll be unshakable in what you've called us to go after. So, Lord, bless us today. Open our hearts today. We receive you today. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.